Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at calvarychapellubbock.church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. Okay, church, remember where we left off, and that's always important, okay, Cause, because because this has 176 verses. I want to just remind you very quickly once again, Psalm 119 is divided into 22 parts. You call them parts, some people call them stanzas, um, there's 22, but they all match the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. And each stanza, again, contains eight verses, and the first letter of each verse is that which is given to the name or the stanza, and the, the, the letter. And so it, it's very interesting. Um, after last week's study, Mike Shaw came up to me and said, that was really cool. I thought that the writer was the, was the, was the name in front of the eight stanzas, and no, it's a Hebrew alphabet. So it just goes to show you, you're never too old to learn. Okay, so, uh, so, uh, yeah, it's, this is good. And, and, and I say that tongue in cheek and I say that jokingly with Mike Shaw, but, but really this is really what some of the, some of the verses are today are gonna, are, are gonna talk about. And, and really being and having, listen to me, a teachable heart. That's what's key. And so as we come through, just kind of remember, Psalm 119, as it encompasses, it encompasses really the meditation of God's word and the obedience to God's word. Now, let me tell you what it's doing in my life. As I'm studying, now we've, we've studied, we, we just started this last week. And as we started going through, there's something that's developing in my heart that's just really just blowing me away. And I'm going to share with you as we go through. Well, you go, well, what did we talk about last week? I'm, I, I don't remember. Well, we covered two stanzas, and I mean, it was, it was power packed. I mean, I mean, 16 verses, but one of the key applications we learned was found in verses one and three. Okay? One and three. You go, what was that? Well, remember he says, who walk in the law of the Lord, and then he goes on and he says, they walk in his ways. And I want you to see that. I want you to jot that down somewhere in your notes. Walk. And you go, why? Because if you look up the whole, the Hebrew meaning of, of walk in his ways or walk in the law of the Lord, it, it, it comes out to a habitual pattern. A habitual pattern. You go, what do you mean? It's a habitual way of living in his ways. And so we took a moment and we looked up what, what developing a habit does. How do we develop habits? Okay. Now, without getting into all of what happens to develop a, a habit, here's what we've learned. There are passive habits and there are active habits. And passive habits, they arise from just exposure to things that we eventually get used to. Okay? Um, if, if, if the weather was like this all the time, eventually we would just get used to it. And people who moved here from Portland would say, it's hot. And we'd go, no, it's not. This is just kind of a habitual. This is just how we've got you. It's called a passive, um, habit. But there's also an active habit, an active habit. And those, listen, those we develop by repeated intention, effort, crystallizing as skills we perform with little or no thought. 
And that's what we want to focus. This is where he's saying. And you go, well, Ben, what's the lesson here? Well, guys, we learned such an amazing lesson last week. And you go, what's that? Well, let me say this to you. Salvation is free, but we must put in the work in order to walk in his ways. We must put in the work. I wish we could take the Bible and put it under our pillow and all the knowledge and all the spiritual would just come into our, and we would just be spiritual giants at that point. We'd be just like, yeah, amen, let's take on the world. But it doesn't work that way. I wish, listen to me, that just by coming to church that you would grow immensely. You go, Ben, that's not the case. It is not the case. You see, because the Word of God says to us, we have to have an active habit in the Word of God developed by a repeated intention. You go, Ben, give it to me simply. Guys, we need to be in the Word. We need to be in the Word for ourselves. We need to get up. We need to have a hunger for His Word. We need to develop just a craving for His Word. We need to develop time and a relationship to talk to Him. Guys, listen to me. Listen. The Pharisees, the Pharisees were full of hypocrisy. They were hypocritos. They put on the mask. Do you remember that? Do you remember that? They didn't long for God's word. Oh, they knew God's word, but they lived something completely different. And and here's what God is saying. He's going, listen, listen, you've got to put in the work in order to grow. We have to cultivate the the ground in our heart. We have to plow. We have to pull the weeds out in our heart. We have to plow the ground. We have to cultivate it. We have to get it ready. We have to prepare it. And then we have to wash and, 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 and water our hearts with the word of God so that we can see growth. This is what he's saying. This is what it means to walk in his ways. And I think, I think so many people think going to church, check, got it. And we never open this up again. We never open it up again. We never look at it again. Oh, well, it's Sunday. Okay, it's Wednesday. Let's go grab it. All right, and here we go. But, but it's got to be more than that. It's got to be more than that. An active habit. Let me ask you a question, church. What active habits, what, what are you developing in your walk, a repeated intention and effort, so eventually without a, that you would perform it with little or no thought? Prayer. Prayer. You're constantly praying. Can you imagine? You see, the Bible tells us to pray without ceasing. But can you imagine a life that we would just constantly be in prayer. That we wouldn't have to stop and go, oh, let me pray about that. Oh, let me pray for you. But that, but that it's always, you're always talking to God. You're always talking to God. It's always prayer. What a great skill that would be. Just pray. Just pray. Mom, what are you doing? Just praying. What are you praying about? I'm just talking to I'm talking to my God. I'm just I'm just talking to him. You say sometimes prayer is just letting him know your day. Lord, my day was awful today. 
that bully from the office was a pain, blah, 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 whatever it might be. And, and, and sometimes prayers, you're just, you're just talking to God. Sometimes we feel like we have to get in, in the position and we have to put our bow our heads and we have to pray. And, 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 but, but think about it. You see, our lives are so filled with other habitual things that we jump in the car and we go straight to the store if we need to get something. We don't ask the Lord if that's the store he wants us to go to. A lot of us don't ask for a, for a better parking space. We just jump in the car and go. And here's what I found. We miss divine appointments that the Lord wants to use us. When we're, when we're, when we have these active, have these repeated intentions, prayer. Uh, how about this? How about scripture memorization? Well, I don't memorize nothing. I don't know where I'm, but really, I mean, I mean, think about what, what the psalmist said last week. Thy word, your word, I've hidden my heart. I, I want his word. Someone comes up to me and goes, Pastor, uh, this is this and this and this and such and such. Then I'm able to give them not my opinion, but the word of God. I've given the word of God. You see, because this is what the psalmist is saying. This is going to be the most important thing. I don't want a passive habit in the Word of God. You see, I saw, I recently came across a video where a young man is going around and he's asking people if they believe in Jesus. And one of the last videos he went and he just said hi excuse me and it was an old man and he he asked the guy hey do you, do you believe in Jesus and the guy looked like he had deer in the headlights an old guy and he goes well why do you ask and he goes well i'm just going around to see who's you know who who my brothers are what you know what do you think about Jesus and he he really didn't have any you know what he said he said i've been going to church for 70 plus years and he goes, okay. And this old man, going to church for 70 plus years, turned around and said, well, you need to ask the pastor. And he walked off. That was true. And I'm thinking that's passive habits exposed to things that eventually, well, I've been to church. I've been to church. But you need to ask the pastor, really, you've been in church for 70 years and you can't answer what Jesus means to you? Oh, Lord, may it never be us. May we have an answer. May we be ready that we have those active habits. And we learned that great lesson last week. Now, trying to cover 24 verses, I don't have all the time to remind us of what we talked about last week, so if you get a chance, head over to the podcast and take a listen. You'll get it. But tonight, we're going to be looking at the second and third stanza. So this is where we're going to pick it up, guys. We're going to pick it up in verse 17. If you're taking note, the letter in the Hebrew is gamel, gamel, G-I-M-E-L. Some of your Bibles may have it right up on there. Um, the Hebrew, the word is gomel, gomel, which begins and sounds like the letter gomel. You go, what does it mean? It means benefactor, benefactor, or someone who gives to another. Now, here's what I want you to see. 
its shape looks like a man in motion. That is the actual letter, okay? Now, I want you to see something before we jump into the text, and I want you to draw this or write it down somewhere. The psalmist, starting with Gamel, is praying to God. And in his prayers are the same things that you and I experience in life. You go, well, like what? Well, for example, he's going to cry out in fear and deprivation. Fear and deprivation. He's going to cry out, and maybe this happened to you, when God seems silent. Ever been there? Ever been when you're crying out to the Lord and you go, I don't feel like God is talking to me. I feel like he's silent. And I think every one of us in this room have gone through seasons where we feel like God has not spoken. It scares us. The psalmist talks about that. He also talks about loneliness. And let me say this to you. Loneliness can be very interesting because you can be in a room full of people. You can be crowds of family and still be Lonely. He's going to talk about that. And he's also going to talk about persecution. These are some main things. And and I thought, wow, isn't this exactly how we view life? There are times we're afraid. There's times we fear things. There are times when we feel like God is silent. The dark night of the soul, if you will. There's times when we're lonely. And you don't, nobody understands. And then there's times when you're persecuted. So that's where we pick up our study tonight. Picking it up in verse 17, the psalmist writes, Deal bountifully with your servant, that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes, that I may see wondrous things from your Law. If you have a pencil handy, let's just jump in real quick. He says, deal bountifully. You go, what does that mean? In other words, here's what he's saying. You can write here, you can circle bountifully, and you could write blessing and grace. Blessing and grace. In other words, he's saying, be good to your servant. Why? Why would, be good, get, allow me to have some blessing and some grace. For what reason? Notice, he says that I may live to obey your Word. That is, church, listen to me, contrary to the very popular teachings on the radio and even on TV that says that, Lord, be, be a blessing to me. I want to be blessed. Not so that I can live and obey your word, but that I can live prosperous and have everything I ever wanted. And it's such a... Well, that's not what the word of God says. He says, deal bountifully with your servant. And again, I want you to see, how do you know this? Well, look at the word servant. I want you to note with me the humility of the psalmist. With your servant, the Hebrew word is ebed, and it means a bondservant, a slave, all of the same things that Paul uses in the New Testament. He says, that's who we are. That's who you are. You see, oftentimes we don't consider ourselves servant. Oh, we will serve from time to time. Let me get a run a vacuum through here or clean the whatever it might be. But God is calling us to be a bondservant. Oh, bless your servant, Lord. Why would he want him? Why would you want to bless your servant? He says, here's why. That I can live and I can obey your word. I can obey your word. I wonder if that's our prayer each day. 
You go, what do you mean? Our prayers usually, come on, let me step on some toes. Our prayers usually sound like, Lord, do this. Lord, bless this. Lord, do this. Lord, do that. Lord, do, Lord, 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 Lord. Gimme, gimme, gimme. I want, I want, I want. But the psalmist here says, he says, deal with me with blessings and grace for this reason only, that I may live and obey your word. And I love his reasons for living. What is that? To live for God and obey his words. Ready? Not for self-indulgence. Church, Christian, that's who we are. It's not about us. God saved you so that you would glorify him in all that you say, in all that you do, in how you live, and how you behave. That's your purpose. It's not about self-indulgence. Oh, I want this. I want can, can you imagine the psalmist going, Lord, bless me, bless me, bless me, so that I can have so many houses and so many cars and so many this and so many that. and so. This is not the psalmist. This is not the ways of the Lord. God will bless us, and he'll bless us with material things, and he'll bless us financially, and he'll bless us, and he'll bless us, he'll bless us. But the heart of the issue is not for self-indulgence, but that we would what? Obey his word. And I think about what he's writing here in verse 17 and 18, and notice what he says. He says, he says again, he says, deal bountifully that I may, and, I, and again, the word live popped out, and, and keep your word. And I thought, I wonder if the psalmist is, is somehow de- deprived here, or he's finding some, himself with fear. And I wonder if he's struggling with the fear of life or the fear of death. But I love the fact that, that, again, he addresses the same issues we do. And then he says in verse 18, Open my eyes to see the wonderful truths in your instructions. I love, listen, I love that he's asking for insight to the Word of God. If you have a pencil handy, you're not afraid to write in your Bible, you can put insight right there. He's asking for insight. What a great prayer for us. Lord, give me insight to your Word. Give me insight to your Word. I mean, I love this. Open my eyes. What, the, what is the psalmist saying? It's the same thing that you and I say from time to time. I'm not sure what to do. I'm not sure what to do. Open my eyes, God. In other words, the psalmist says, open my eyes. And what it means is to open my heart to receive and understand. I think it's so cool. Why? Because you've heard me say a thousand times from this pulpit, don't only read the word, let the word read you. Let the word read you. You see, a lot of times we'll, we'll read God's word to simply check a box. Did it. Read God's word. Hey, did you read your 15 chapters? Yeah, I read my chapters. Yeah, I did. But we're not getting out of it unless we allow the Holy Spirit, to read us. Lord, where am I in this story? Who am I in this story? And oftentimes when you read the word of God, I have to ask the questions in my life. Lord, am am I like that? Lord, what idols do I have in my heart? Am I doing that to you, Lord? 
You see, because it could cause us to a place of repentance. It should bring us to a place of repentance and a place of brokenness. But the, the psalmist says, open my eyes. To what? What should I see? The wonderful truths in your word. The wonderful truths in your word. Remember we talked about, about meditating. You remember that? Meditating. We're chewing on the word of God and meditating on it and meditating on it. Guys, these are the things that we have to just, again, think about it. Why? I, I, I want to see the truths in your word, Lord. I want to see the truths in your word. He goes on and he says, I'm a stranger on the earth. Do not hide your commandments from me. My soul breaks with longing for your judgments at time. And again, I love this. Here, here's the thing. Do you feel, um, do you feel the strange struggle of loneliness? Because he's saying, listen, I'm a foreigner in this land. And I love what he says. Don't hide your commands from me. I'm always overwhelmed with the desire for your word. And you go, Ben, what's some application? Listen, sometimes we feel alone in this world. Can I get an amen? amen? We do. We do. We have a loving husband, a loving wife. We have great family, people around us all the time. But sometimes we get lonely. Sometimes we long to go home and be with Jesus. We, we, we want to feel complete. And this is what he's saying. He goes, man, I, I feel like a stranger. Don't hide, don't hide your, your, the word from me. My soul, it breaks with longing for your judgments. And again, think about this. We're going to talk about it here in just a little bit. But, but commandments and judgments, they're all going back to the word of God. To the word of God. You go, Ben, what, 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 what has the Lord been doing in your life since studying just the first few verses? The word of God is powerful. And it has all the answers we need to life, to death, to everything we need. It's in here. The psalmist says, go back to the word. Show me your precepts. Don't take your commandments from me. All of this stuff. And you know what the enemy tries to do in our lives? Keep us from the word of God. That's what he tries to do. He keeps us from reading our Bible. He keeps us from from all of that stuff. And, and I'm going, wow. 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 If you want peace in your life, go back to the Word of God. And what I'm saying about that church is I'm not going, okay, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read one verse a day, and that's the word. I'm saying do the work. Do the work. Cultivate the heart. Show, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm going to read your word. And, and, and listen, there are times we don't understand it all. There are times we're like, I don't know what I'm reading. This is Leviticus. This is Deuteronomy. This is, are you kidding me? Keep reading and keep going back to the Word. But here's what's more important. Let the Word of God read you. You go, what does that happen? Here's what happens, guys. We live in such an incredible, crazy world that we're always running that we don't spend time like we should in God's Word. In God's Word. 
As a matter of fact, you come to church, you're excited Wednesday night, Sunday morning, we're in God's word, and, 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 and some of us, that's the only time we open the Bible. And God wants us to do the work. He wants us to do the work. He wants us to grow in this. You go, what do you mean? The enemy has done a wonderful job of getting our minds off everything, has he not? And, and listen, I'm, I'm with you. It's just, I've got five minutes waiting for a haircut, whatever it might be. Zip, 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 zip. And, and I get it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you. But he's using technology to pull us away from the word of God. And what I would say to you is do both. If you have your time and you want to zip through a few social medias, but get into the word of God. I'll tell you another thing too, and it's a good thing. Books, reading books. Oh, well, we'll read this other love story and and these romances and all of this stuff. And no, I don't do that. I'll read good Christian books, but read good books but devour, saturate yourself with his word. This is alive. And this is what the psalmist is saying. If you get nothing else from our Bible study tonight, go back to the word of God. Set up an active habitual pattern. What am I going to do? Buy another Bible. Carry one in the car. Have two or three. Every one of us have two or three Bibles everywhere. Have one in the car. You come to a red light, something happens, you can pick it up, you can read a few verses. You go, man, the people behind me will go, beep, they do it anyway because you're like this. Come on now. Poor mammy. He says, I'm a stranger. Go back to the word of God. Look at verse 21. You rebuke the proud, the cursed, who stray away from your commandments. And those who think they know so much, ignoring everything you tell them is what he's saying. He says, rebuke them, Lord. You rebuke them. See, God, listen to me, God will rebuke those who despise his word and deliver his servants from the reproach, giving them boldness in and by his truth, even before the greatest men. Here's the psalmist going, you rebuke the proud, Lord. Those are people who despise your word. Those are people. And of course, the last two verses, we can feel the psalmist pray about persecution. Look at verse 22. He says, remove me, remove from me reproach and contempt, for I have kept your testimonies. Princes also speak or sit and speak against me. But your servant meditates on your statues. Your testimonies are also my delight and my counselors. Guys, look at how many times he keeps going back to the word of God. When you go, what's this? Well, let me just say this to you. Ready? Jot this down. This is right here, amazing maturity. You go, how so? Because what the psalmist is saying, he goes, I know people are talking behind my back. And they're really bugged that I'm a believer. Even my, and then in my notes I put a line, even my boss is talking behind my back. Even my family is talking behind. You guys can write whatever. 
this is what they're, they're talking trash about me. This is what the psalmist says. They're talking trash. But he says, but as for me, I'm not going to let that bother me. You know why? Because I'm going to meditate on your word. Your way and your word will sustain me each day. This is what he's coming back to. Notice what he says. Remove from me reproach and contempt. Why? Because I've kept your testimonies. Princes also sit and speak against me. Speak against me. Think about it. Think about it. And, 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 and while we're on the subject of, of people talking about us, can I say this to you? If someone is talking about other people to you, you can bet they're talking about you to other people. The psalmist says, Look, listen, I'm not going to mess with this drama. You can talk all you want behind my back. It doesn't bother me. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to delight myself in God's word. I'm going to delight myself. Listen, you will be a happier, more peaceful, joyful person when you don't worry about who's saying anything about you. Here's why. That's how people are. That's just how people are. What's the psalmist telling us? In the, this letter, this third, this third stanza, Gamel, active, praying, he's saying, I'm going back to the Word of God. I'm going back to the Word of God. Now we move on to the fourth stanza, the fourth letter in the Hebrew alphabet. This is known as Daleth. Daleth, okay? And it almost sounds like death. There's a D in it, but it's Daleth. And some people say Dalet. Maybe the H is silent. But here's what I want you to know. If you're taking notes, here's what I want you to notice. Daleth, he's going to say, revive me. You can put on top of it, revive me from death. And it depicts the psalmist's pain and his decision to remain loyal to the Lord and his directions. This is what Daleth is, okay? The stanza is marked by five occurrences in the Hebrew, basically in the term direct, okay? D-E-R-E-K, direct, and it means way. Show me your way. This is my decision. Revive me. Revive me, O Lord. And this is the... Again, this is the, what, second, third stanza, okay? One, two, three. This is the fourth in the Hebrew alphabet, the left. Picking it up in verse 25, it says, My soul clings to the dust. Revive me according to your word. Listen, the psalmist here feels close to death. He writes, My soul clings to the dust. Now, I'm not sure if you've ever been there at this point where you know, okay? So I, I want to I paint this in a way to where, yes, there are times when we might be sick to the close of death. You, you, you know what I'm talking about, okay? For me, I, the closest I've ever come to dying is when I was a kid. I think I was like 12 years old. Okay, my brother and his wife said, "Hey, we're, we, the, you know, the the mobile home they were they were renting had had a 
public pool and come on out. And I remember I thought I was all great. And I, oh, we're going swimming. And I jumped in and I was swimming and having fun, having fun. And, and uh, for some reason, I must have been in there for a little while and I got tired. And when I got tired, I just stopped. And when I stopped, I couldn't touch the bottom. And I immediately started to drown. And, and I would just come up for I, if what it felt like was half a second to, to scream and breathe at the same time. Now, my brother and sister-in-law were off a little bit ways to kind of where Mel is. And they were, they were getting the stuff down. You know how we do. We get stuff in. And, and I'm just a kid. I'm just like, ah, swimming. And I stop and there's no bottom. And I'm like, Bloop. And I think that happened three or four or five or six times before they realized that I'm drowning. Half a second, and then I'd go back down. Well, she jumped in, and the one thing you don't ever want to do when you can't touch the bottom is cling on to somebody. But the moment she came in, I went, boom, and we could have both drowned But thank God it was enough to where that's the closest I ever got to to where I say my soul clings to the dust. I'm I feel like I was I was real close. But but again physically some of you have know what I'm talking about. Maybe you've been there. But even on an emotional state you feel like my soul clings to the dust. A lot of us at times go, I'm done. I'm done. Life is too hard. Life is too hard. I can't deal with this anymore. can't deal with that anymore. My job is this and this. And again, we can, we can take it. And, and again, I don't, I, I don't want to not teach God's word. But we can, we can apply it in that way to where we're emotionally spent. Why do I say that? Because notice what he says. He says, revive me according to your word. And I found it very interesting. Why? Because the word revive there, check this out. It means to nourish up. It means to repair. And it means to restore. So the psalmist knows, man, I'm done. I am done. I'm out. I've had it. I give up. Would you nourish me, Lord? Would you nourish me? Would you repair the brokenness in my heart? Would you restore me? And restore the joy of your salvation? Will you restore our relationship? Now, honestly, Lord, my... My soul, is, I'm done. I'm done. I want you to see that he talks about being nourished up and repaired and restored. But I would ask the question to you and I in 2022, what are we wanting or what are we seeking to revive us other than the word of God? And a lot of times we get this way and we're, we're clinging to the dust emotionally and so we go, well, maybe if I had a different wife. Maybe if I had a different job. Maybe if I had... And we start seeking things that are not the Word of God 
to try to fulfill us. And what we've learned, church, come on, is those things don't fulfill us, do they? They don't fulfill. Oh, if I had more money, then I'd be happy. Oh, if I had this, then I'd be happy. And again, I want to be nourished up, but the psalmist reminds us, according to what? Your word. So what does that mean? That means that you and I, you and I, we get nourished by his word. Can I get an amen? Come on, a little bit louder. Why do I want you to do that? Here's why. It's a trick question. Because we go, amen, but we're not getting nourished by his word. Why are, we not, why are we not getting nourished by his word? Because we're not eating his word. And we're not reading his word. Come on, somebody. Now, nope, nobody's amening that. But it's true. It's true. So we have to make an active habit to be in his word. This is why it's called devotion. This is why it's called a quiet time. Pastor Sof says all this time. He says what? Make sure you do a spiritual inventory. How many of us have taken inventory lately? Lord, where am I with you? Where am I? Here's why. Listen to me, Christian. Listen to me. If you're not moving forward in the Lord, you're moving backward. You're not staying still. You're moving backward. You're moving backward. I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this, and I'm going to put it in here now, and we may not have enough time to finish the whole thing. That's okay. But but, but, but I was thinking about this. One of our... One of our um, key values here is, is um, right, love God, love people, live radically. And then part of that is loving people, help me, back to life. Let's say it again, loving people. Why, why is that important? Think, I want you to think about this, think about this. When you're loving someone back to life, in essence, they're dead. You want to love them back to life, right? They're, they're dead, Now, what we forget is when we're loving people back to life, dead people stink. Dead people are messy. Dead people are, whoo. And our job is to love them back to a loving life relationship with God, but we go, oh, no, 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 they stink. Look at that. Well, yeah, they stink. They're dead. They're dead. My encouragement to us, guys, is there's a lot of dead people out there who were once alive, and our job is to love them back to a place of life. But we have to love them in their dead state. In their dead state. Why? If you don't, then they're not going to be loved back to life. Because everybody around them is going, you're dead. You're dead. You stink. Oh, you're messy. Oh, you're bloody. Oh, you're dead. You're dead. Why are you doing that? Why do you act that way? The Bible says to you and I, it's your kindness, O Lord, that leads us to repentance. It's your kindness. God's, listen, nobody has to tell me I'm a sinner. Nobody has to tell me I'm a sinner. I know I'm a sinner. I, I get it. But what I want somebody to tell me is that, is that God loves me and he has a plan for my life. And that they're going to stick with me until, until the Lord is faithful to complete that work. 
Don't give up on people. Don't give up on people. See, at the end of the day, you don't have to sit in judgment of anybody. And so your job is just to walk with them. Hey, listen. And they're going to disappoint you? They're going to disappoint you. They're going to bum you out? They're going to bum you out. Are you going to bum some people out? You might. But that's what we need. That's what we need. Church, we need to be genuinely loving people back to a place of, of, of relationship with God. How do we do that? It takes a lot of work and a lot of effort. But that's what we're called to do. That's what we're called to do. So who we call the minister? The, the burnt out, the messed up, the crazies? Amen. That's who we're called to minister to. That's who we're called to minister. We're called to, to minister to those who are struggling. We're called to text people, hey, I love you, buddy. You okay? You doing all right? I'm worried about you. My soul clings to the dust. A lot of people are like that. Revive me according to your word. Guys, we need to know his word so we can, we can help nourish. I have declared my ways and you've answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts so I shall meditate on your wonderful works. I love verses 26 and 27 because if you'll note with me, he says, teach me your word that I may gain a heart of understanding. Did you see that? Teach me your word. And, and I think we need to have both. You go, what do you mean? We need to have a heart to learn with understanding. It's not enough to simply learn scripture. We have to understand as to apply and obey. I find it very interesting. If you're a note taker, you don't mind writing your Bible, I want you to circle the word teach. I've I have declared my ways and you answered me. Teach. I want you to circle that. Why? Because if you look it up, it's a very interesting word. It actually means to goad. To goad. You go, to goad where? No, not to goad, to go anywhere. It's to goad. And you go, what is a goad? Here's a goad. A goad is a, goad is a very long pole with a very sharp end. And they would goad the oxen and they would get them to move. The oxen would be stubborn. None of you are stubborn. And the goat, oh, 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 okay, okay. That's what he's saying. He said, some of you, Paul said, are kicking against the goads. Ow! But that's the word teach. And I thought, that's interesting. He would use this word. Why? Because sometimes we're stubborn like an ox. And we need to be prodded along with a goad to keep us on track. Come on, somebody. And that's why he says, you need to have both knowledge and understanding. Knowledge and understanding. Well, no, see, pastor, in our culture, we don't go to anybody. We just, we just hang around and we hold hands and we just sing kumbaya and just hope. No, sometimes we need to go to, hey, hey. If you remember, you remember, uh, Paul was very direct. Very goading us to, oh, well, Paul, Paul, why are you so? Because eternity is that important. And the Bible tells us to speak the truth. We need to speak it in love, but sometimes that's a goad. Sometimes that's a goad. And we have to say that. We have to say that. 
It goes on in verse 28. My soul melts from heaviness. Strengthen me according to your word. Now, I love this. This is power-packed. Why? Because I'm going to give you the words. The word melts there means to pour out, to drop, to pour out, drop. And he goes, my soul drops. It pours out. You guys know what I'm talking about. From heaviness. Circle that word. It means sorrow, grief, and heaviness. Sorrow and grief. And this is a good verse to underline. Why? Because when life gets us down and we feel the heaviness with grief and sorrow, where does our strength come from? The word of God. The word of God. And my question to me, y'all can listen, why do we look for everything and everyone else to give us strength? When we are told that God's word is what we need in times of stress and trouble. Why are we looking? Why are we peeking through the curtains? I'm just, I need some strength. Who's going to help me? Come on. We'll call somebody. I need to call somebody. I need to call the pastor. I need to call the thing. I need to call. I need. Your strength is the word of God. That's where your strength comes from. So are you saying I can't call the pastor? No, I'm not saying you can't call the pastor. But what I'm saying is when life gets you down, when you're super, when you have sorrow and grief and you're broken, he says, strengthen me according to your word. Do you guys see a pattern here? The psalmist is all about God's word. And we have taken it for granted in our lives. This is what he's saying. Remove from me the way of lying and grant me your law graciously. I have chosen the way of truth. Your judgments I've laid before me. I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Do not put me to shame. I will run the course of your commandments, for you shall enlarge my heart. I want you to note the contrast here. Lying versus truth. Do you see it? He says, remove from me the way of lying. It was Colossians that says, don't lie. Don't lie. That is the easiest thing for us to do. We're all liars. I'm not a liar. You just lied. But really, he says, but, but, but here's the prayer. The prayer is, God, I don't want to lie. I don't want to lie. He says, help me, help me choose the path of truth. Help me choose the path of truth. That's a hard thing to do. Because sometimes we lie to save the feelings of somebody we care about. And yet God's word says, no, no, no. I have chosen the way of truth, Lord. I've chosen the way of truth. These last eight verses, I want to show you something really interesting. It contains seven prayers. I don't know if you caught them, but let me go through them real quick. The first prayer is the prayer of renewal, prayer of renewal to preserve, verse 25. The second prayer is the prayer for progress in knowledge, verse 27, 26 and 27. Then the third is the prayer for strength. We talked about that. Then the fourth is the prayer for guidance, divine favor to, to those who are in need. And then prayer number five is favorable outcome, verse 31. 
Prayer number six is a prayer to choose and set his heart on truth. And prayer number seven is a prayer to meet trouble with obedience. There's seven prayers in this. And so again, think about it. Duluth, he's like, Lord, restore me. Lord, these are the prayers I want to pray. And I think this is, what an interesting way to pray. Lord, pray for, pray for what? Renewal. Pray for revival. Lord, revive me. Lord, I pray for knowledge. I want to know your word and I want, and I, I want to be able to just, to just um, speak your word. Lord, I pray for strength in those times that I feel weak. Lord, I pray for divine grace and divine favor. Lord, I pray for a favorable outcome. What a great verse to pray. How about a pray? I pray to choose and set my heart on the truth. Lord, I don't want to be a liar. I don't want to be known as a liar. I'm going to speak the truth. And then, Lord, my prayer is that I would, would meet trouble with obedience. That's the prayer. And so that's the fifth stanza. Now we go. And we're on five. We're on five. It's called he. He. Now, what I want you to grasp on each verse that we have is each stanza gives us a command. And you can write this down on he. What's that? It's this. And it's basically, Lord, cause me to, dot, dot, dot. Lord, cause me to. This is what I want you to do. Lord, cause me. Now, the second thing I want you to see is the different words that he, that the psalmist uses for the word of God. Like what? Statues? Law, commandments, testimonies, way, judgments. All these mean the word of God. So what's he saying? He's starting out with cause me to. You ready? To what? Cause me to learn. Cause me to obey. Cause me to observe. Cause me to walk in. Cause me to turn away. These are all great prayers that we need to pray. And that's where we pick it up in verse 33. He says, teach me, O Lord, the way of your statues, and I shall keep it to the end. Here's what I was getting to at the beginning. You ready? Jot this down, please. We must have a teachable heart. Here's what he's saying. We must have a teachable heart so we can finish well. When we come to Bible studies going, I know it all. I don't need to hear it. I've read the Bible. We we have to have a teachable heart. You go, what's a teachable heart? A teachable heart is one that is completely devoted and submitted to God. The Christian with a teachable heart will be respectful, obedient, cheerful, humble, trusting, and submissive to God's will for their life. But a rebellious heart is one that's not submitted to God. Pastor Chuck who started Calvary Chapel way back in the day, would always tell us we must remain teachable. We must remain teachable. No matter what's going on, we come in and we go, Lord, who is the teacher? Is the teacher Pastor Soph? Is the teacher Mike Shaw? Is the teacher Pastor Ben? The teacher is the Holy Spirit. And if we come with an open heart, then we'll get what God wants us to get. If we come with a rebel, oh no, pastor's not here. Oh, oh, I brought my friend. We have to have an open heart. Why? Because the psalmist says, I'll, I shall keep it to the end. I shall keep it to the end. What does that mean? He's calling every one of us, you ready church, to finish well. Here's our prayer. Lord, I want to finish well. I want to finish well. 
He says, give me an understanding and I shall keep you law. Indeed, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Make me walk in the path of your commandments for I delight in it. What's he saying? He says, teach me your word. For what reason? So I can obey it with my whole heart. Obedience is not obedience unless it's complete obedience. Partial obedience is not obedience. Come on, somebody. Partial obedience is not obedience. Okay? You ask, you ask one of the kids to take out the trash, and they drag it through the house, milk all over the floor, uh, all this stuff. I can't, I can't take out the trash. But I did it. No, 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 no. That's not obedience. And it's the same thing with God. Well, God, I did some of you. I did some of it. I did. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Teach me your word, and I will obey it with my whole heart. Make me walk in your ways. For what reason? Because this brings joy and peace. You want joy and peace in your life? Walk in the ways of the Lord. Now, it goes back to the same thing we talked about. This is a habitual pattern. What is a Christian characterized by? Habitually following and obeying God's word. God's word. God's word. Trust me, if you get into God's word and you begin to read it, you're going to just explode in just grace. And people are just going to be like, wow, what happened to you? What happened to you? Oh, it's just the word of God. It's the word of God. Church, may I submit to you, there are a lot of things that want to rob us myself included, they want to rob us of our time in God's word. How so? At my house, I have, I got for my birthday years ago, a nice leather recliner. Love my leather recliner. If you ever come to my house, that's my chair. That's my chair. But I realized that in my recliner, I, I watch TV. I'll come back and put it on, and I will probably do that tonight. But what I did is I took my Bible and I put it on the coffee table next to my chair because I wanted to read the Word. It's a lot easier to do this. True confession. We have to make that habit of it. It's right there. It, it's it, it's right here. I'm sitting down. It's open it up. I don't even know where to start. Where do I start? Well, I don't know where to start. Start in Genesis? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. You know what? I'll I'll start in Genesis. And 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 again, once you get to, you know, numbers, you're like, what is the world going on? I don't know. Numbers? Sheesh. I'll skip over to, uh, what's, what time is it? Oh, I know what's on now. It's, it's a struggle. It's real. And there's a lot of things. You go, well, Ben, I don't really watch TV. There's other things. And, and, and the point is I'm just trying to make you aware of it. I'm trying to make you aware of it because if it's not TV, if it's not watching a sitcom, if it's not binge-watching a show on Netflix, if it's not... It could be something else, could it not? Social media, that's a big deal. Gaming's a big deal. Ouch. 
It just, the point is this. You guys are never to game ever. No, I'm not saying, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just making sure you're awake. Um, I want you to recognize what may be trying to steal your time in God's word because Satan knows the power of God's word. Here's the psalmist says. The psalmist says, teach me your word and I'll obey it. Look, incline my heart to your testimonies and not to covetousness. Turn my eyes. Notice what he says. Lord, Lord, please turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and revive me in your way. Establish your word to your servant who is devoted to you. Circle that word for worthless. Here's what it means. The, the Hebrew word is shah, S-H-W-E. And I don't know if it's shah-e or shah, but here's what it means. It conveys the idea of bad, evil, and sometimes deceitful. So the psalmist is saying, turn my eyes, Lord. From looking, and the word looking means intently gazing or lusting. Turn my eyes from looking at bad, evil, or deceitful things. Be careful. Let me just say this and we'll move on. Be careful what you put in your eye gate. Be careful. It's one thing to just kind of go, oh, oh. It's a whole nother thing to gazely intent and look. Pastor Chuck taught us early on as pastors, when we go out of town, if your wife can't go with you to take a traveling buddy, take somebody, take, take an assistant pastor, take somebody with you if you can. And, and, and the reason why is because you can get in that hotel room and there's things on that hotel room that's not very pleasing or very edifying. And he always taught us to be above reproach. Not that you go, oh, I can't wait to go out of town by myself because I get to my hotel room and then I put on all the... But the enemy's real good of getting it on the television. You know that. And then we'll go, we'll be like, where's the baseball game? And then we'll be like, whoa. And, and it's an HBO movie, but it's got nudity in it. And you sit there, and what happens is exactly what we said right here. He says, Lord, I'm, now I'm gazing. And now I'm looking. And now I'm lusting. And he goes, and it's evil. Why? Because it's turning my eyes away from you. And so habitually, church, we have to put safeguards in those things. Well, am I not going to be saved? That's not what he's saying. But what happens is we're not going to grow. We're not going to grow. We're going to be stifled. And then we're going to get super bummed because God's not speaking. I just don't feel him anymore. And Turn away my reproach, he says, which I dread, for your judgments are good. Behold, I long for your precepts. Revive me in righteousness. In other words, he's saying, help me abandon my shameful ways, for your word is good. I long to obey your word. Renew my life with your goodness. This is what he's saying. This is what he's saying. So tonight, as we close, let me, let's review quickly what we've learned.
Stanza number three, it's all about prayer to God. When we go through tough times in our lives, we go, amen. What do you think? Things like fear, things when God is quiet, things like notices, a great time to pray. Stanza number four is all about reviving us from death. Teach us the ways of the Lord. And stanza number five is all about causing me to what? To learn, to obey, to observe, to walk in, to turn away. Those are three stanzas that we can meditate. Now, here's your homework, okay? Your homework is this week, let's go over all three stanzas again in your quiet time. Just just read them. Just read them, pray. You're, they're going to jump out, and the Lord will speak to you. Amen? Amen? Father, we thank you tonight for your word and the truth in your word. We thank you for your great love for us. We thank you, Lord. I'm, I am so blown away. Your word is powerful. Paul said... Lord, it is, it is the power unto God for salvation to everyone who believes. Lord, your word, the gospel, it's all in here. It's like the psalmist said, I don't care what I do, I just need to be wrapped in your word. I don't care what happens, I want to be, I want to, I want to share your testimonies. Lord, I don't care what it is, I'm going to walk in your ways, Lord. And Lord, what a great, great, great motivation for us. Father, would you reveal to all of our hearts what are the things that are keeping us mostly from your word? Forgive us, Lord. Forgive me for simply reading it as a checklist and not allowing it to to prune and to cultivate so that I can bear fruit. Restore unto us, Lord, the joy of your salvation through your word. Strengthen your church tonight. We love you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to hear from you and see you in person at the church. You can find our contact information, location, and even give a donation at calvarychapellubbock.church. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Until then, may God bless you and your family.